everyone, and welcome to this conversation presented by White House Custom Color. I'm Jed Toffer. Thanks for listening. You know, my wife Vicki and I have owned and operated our photography studio, V Gallery, for 20 years now. White House has been our lab for the last 16 of those years, and we could not be happier. White House is a family-run business, just like ours. If you haven't already, check them out at whcc.com. And if you want to drop me a line, feel free to email me at jed at whcc.com. When I was a kid, I thought I was going to be a doctor. Even in high school, that was the plan. My job shattered an anesthesiologist and everything. It was all laid out in front of me. And then as I got older, I realized that I didn't want to be a doctor. In fact, I realized I had no idea what I wanted to do. Through circumstance and because of experience, I found myself here. And it's been an amazing ride. I think Zara Ashby can relate. For various reasons, she's found herself photographing boudoir. She may not have planned on it initially, but she's embraced it. And she's thriving as a result. We'll start off by telling me who you are. Give me an introduction, who you are, what you do, where you're at, kind of the basics. This is always awkward. <laughs> is it? I like hate introducing myself. You don't myself. like talking about yourself? It's so weird. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Um, I'm Zara Ashby. I am based out of Denver. Mm -hmm. Grew up in Denver most of my life. Um, been in business for about 12 years now. Started out with weddings. Now I shoot about 10 weddings a year total. Most of them are elopements. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of boudoir photography and then I do personal branding and like commercial stuff no no babies no newborns whatsoever no babies i can't i can't do the newborns the peeing and pooping everywhere they're I super cute i get it but i can't do that um children families seniors i do families i'll do families for like my brides or like mm. i don't really advertise for them if they come to me um i'll do them i'll do if the kids are like toddlerish where like they listen a little bit <laughs> And they're good clients of mine. I will do it. But if like someone comes to me for like milestones or something, right. I'll always just recommend them you do. to go to someone you actually, else. You actually send, send them, them somewhere else. Yep. Um, I'm not very good at it. Okay. Like I'm decent, but I'm not an expert. There's other mm -hmm. people who are. Mm -hmm. I would much rather the people get the experience they want because the prices they're paying me, like I want them to be satisfied with their right. images. Because you're expensive? I am pretty mm -hmm. expensive. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if I can't deliver and I don't enjoy something, then I'm not going to deliver my best work. And it's unfair for me to ask my customers to pay my prices and not deliver my best work. So you work. don't even make that an option. Pretty right. much, yeah. So like I'll do it for people who, you know, if like I've done their wedding and I've done their photos for the last 10 years mm -hmm. and they come to me because they come to me and they don't go anywhere else. I will absolutely do it for them, but I also pretty much grandfather my clients that are like that into no session fees. Oh, So they still pay for their images, but right. their session fees are taken out. So I don't feel as guilty, right. <laughs> you know? Well, you gotta do it, you do it your way. That's the way that you do that. Right, and, and it works really well. you have your really reasons well. for it, right. It works really, really well for me. Um, but yeah, if someone just came to me for like newborns, I'll do um, for my clients that, you know, have been with me for years, yeah. Um, for their newborns, I'll actually hire my studio mate to come in and okay. do the newborn session. And then I still do the sales session. Sure. So I pay her her session fee for sure. her to photograph it. Yeah. Um, and I'll go through and I'll do the well, sale and all that. that makes sense too. 
So, right. but I'm I'm not good with posing them. I'm yeah. just not good with that whole thing. It's not and your so, jam. No, and I don't enjoy it. Right. So why why do that? Why do it? Right. It's nice to be in that position. It is. Right. Yeah. That I can turn down work. And yes, you're and absolutely. you're in that position because of how hard you have worked. Yes. For twelve years, right? Yeah. It's and been you, a long time. <laughs> well, and you said so initially. You said you've you've started. You had three different businesses all very distinct i had to no i had to rebuild my business three times you rebuilt your business three times yep so i initially how i got into photography is i pretty much took over someone else's business that i was the studio manager for Mm -hmm. that's how i got into photography because my background is psychology and oh fascinating (laughs) i like my undergrad is yeah psychology and then my master's is organizational behavior so Mm -hmm. nothing to do with photography but I needed to pay the bills while I was in school. Mm-hmm. So I was managing a photography studio, second shooting for him, assisting him. And then literally one day I was like, I'm done. Like, I don't want to be in this huh. business. And so I took over <laughs> and it was all weddings. So I got into photography doing weddings. Um, and then I, I shot pretty much under his brand and all that for the remainder of that year. Then I rebranded into my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, a few years after that, I moved to Tucson. <laughs> oh, you did? Uh-huh, where I knew no one. Yeah. Um, I had no friends, no family. We moved for my husband's work mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and literally had to start from scratch. Yeah. Um, I had a couple of weddings that I still had on the book. So I would go back to Denver. I'd drive 12 hours back to Denver, mm-hmm. shoot all that, go back down to Tucson. So I rebuilt the business there and then I got really tired of Tucson. And so I moved back to Denver mm-hmm. and then had to, cause it's like, once you're gone for a year, Two years, people forget who you are, especially right. with how saturated. I mean, right. any market is saturated, but there are a lot of photographers. And if you're not in town and not accessible, people are going to kind of forget about you. Sure. And so then I moved back in 2014 is when I started moving back. 2015 is when I was finally fully back in Denver and had to rebuild my business back from pretty much ground zero. So it's been an adventure. But in, in somewhere along the lines, you also added or transitioned into or started doing boudoir photography mm-hmm. too, right? Yep. So that started what, pretty much when I was in Tucson. Um, prior to that, I would do it for my brides. So if my brides came to me and they're like, hey, you know, we really want to do this as a wedding gift, mm-hmm. um, I would shoot it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't very good at it, but they were happy with mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Um, and then when I moved to Tucson, that's kind of when I started looking at, so the year prior to moving to Tucson, I did 43 weddings. Um, it was and pretty much by myself. Like I had an editor, I had second shooters and stuff, but 43 weddings in a wedding season. That was like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, pretty much back to back. And so the next year when I only had like eight, I look back and I was like, how, like, how did I do this many weddings? And I was also in a season of my life where I just really didn't believe in marriage or love or Uh any of that. And so it was really hard for me to put my best work into it. Right. And so that's where I was like, okay, well, what else can I do that is going to bring me money that I actually enjoy with this skill set? Because going back into like a corporate job wasn't really an option. Like Mm -hmm. I had my degrees, but... I hate working for corporations. Mm-hmm. Um, sitting at a desk wants me to like poke myself in the eyeball right. with a pencil. Right. And so I just looked into, okay, what else have I shot? And boudoir was pretty much the only other thing with like a handful of families and kids. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I'll just focus on portraiture. 
So initially, that's why you gravitated towards boudoir because you'd already done it, and you'd already done it because you'd been asked yep. to do it, not necessarily because you were trying to make that happen. No, it was purely like, okay, what what do I have a portfolio for? Mm-hmm. What am I somewhat versed in? And what can I do with, at that point, so I had a studio in Denver. When we moved to Tucson, I was shooting out of my house. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked at commercial spaces, and it was obnoxiously expensive, like way more than what Denver was. Oh. Um, as I said, screw it. Like, we'll just do, I turn half of my house into a studio. Mm-hmm. And so what can I shoot, you know, with a in limited your, space right, in here? Yeah. Right. And so boudoir was a thing. And I always say this, and I actually had someone write me um, right after... Click con. So August of last year, they wrote me, they were like, I sat through your class and I really wanted to not like you because you said you weren't passionate about photography. Huh. Um, and it's true. Like I was never the person who was like, I have to be a photographer because uh-huh. I'm super passionate about this. It's like a live or die thing for me. <laughs> right, right, right. It was, this is, this is the only business I know at this point. Mm. Like I've been doing it for several years, like out of high school. Mm-hmm. The economy had, or out of college, economy had crashed. I can't get a job in like psychology at all. Um, So it was like circumstance and experience that made sense for you to do that. It absolutely. And it was like, I looked at it. And even after I graduated with my master's, I looked at jobs in that field Mm -hmm. and I would be taking such a huge pay cut Mm. that it didn't make sense Mm. to go work for someone else, to have set hours, to not be able to take off when I wanted to and not be my own boss. And to take a huge pay cut. I was like, the only thing that there is is like health insurance. And even that's kind of crappy. Right, right, right. <laughs> right worth right, it. Right, right, um, right. So yeah, it was purely, like you said, it was circumstantial. Mm-hmm. Like, this is something I'm good at. I enjoy it enough. Mm-hmm. So let's just, let's go with it. And because so. you can enjoy it without it being like your world. Right. And that's okay, is it not? I think you that's enjoy it. better. It's fun. It can be. Right. Right? Because it's a job. There's days where you hate it. I don't right. care how passionate you are about right. something. And I know plenty of people who are incredible artists and they're super passionate about it and they can't make a living out of it. Also that. Because they can't look at it as a business. And I've always looked at it from the business standpoint. Like, how do I make this make me money? Like, Well, haven't you also seen where someone has like a passion or a hobby or whatever. And then once it becomes their job or their main source of revenue, they get burnt out or they mm-hmm. or ceases to become their passion yep. or their hobby to the point where they just don't like, well, you said that guy, maybe that guy you worked for. That's exactly for, what happened. Maybe that's what happened to him. Yep. Cause I think, I mean, he was an incredible photographer. Mm-hmm. He hated the business side of it. That's why I got so good at the business side of it because I did all the business side right, of it because you were for doing him. that already. Yep, right. and he just he got burnt out because it wasn't it wasn't what he thought. And I think a lot of people go into any business, whether it's photography, yeah. fitness, hair, makeup, whatever it is, because they have it as a hobby and they really enjoy it as a yes. hobby. And then all of a sudden, once it shifts into being a business, only about ten percent of what you do is the stuff you enjoy. The other ninety percent <laughs> is work. <laughs> It's the marketing and the cleaning up and the having to get back to people and emails and phone calls. And it's like, yeah. what what happened? And people don't realize that that switch happens yeah. when you have to do it for a profit. Of course. So It's like I've, saw, I've seen the pie graph, I think it is, where like a little tiny sliver is actually clicking the button. Yep. And then like the vast majority of the pie graph is all the other stuff. Yeah. And that's the stuff that we are aware of on this end of it. 
yeah. like or this side of the Once camera. Once you've been here. And then everybody else, it's like it, it flips for what everybody else thinks, like the perception yep. of what it's like. The majority of the pie graph is uh, clicking the button and then you have that little sliver that's the other stuff. Right. But we know, we know in reality that that, that is flipped. And yeah. that's a big deal. It is, yeah. And I feel like if you have this huge passion on the front side of it and then you discover that it's not that way. That, that passion you, goes away. Pretty Real fast, fast sometimes, mm -hmm. pretty fast, because you realize all the things that are necessary for you to do in order for you to keep doing it. Right. Yep. How when you so considering you came you came back to Denver, right, and mm. you you did boudoir down in Tucson, but you kind of brought that back yep. with you to Denver yeah. then, right, in more of an official capacity, so to speak, right? Yeah. So once I started doing it in um, in Tucson, I realized that like. I need, I need more help. Like, I don't mm. know how to pose people. Okay. Lighting was okay because I, I like to use a constant light for boudoir just mm -hmm. to give it more of like a natural feel. Right. Um, if someone's asking for like bodyscape or whatever, obviously that's strobes. But right. um, so the lighting wasn't as much. It was the posing. Like, I needed a lot of help with mm. posing and things like that. So I started taking classes. That's also, so when I moved to Tucson was also kind of the time that I got introduced into like the speaking and education side of photography because I've been doing weddings for so long so people were asking me to teach on weddings mm -hmm. yeah. um, and once I got into that I realized oh there's people that can help me right. <laughs> learn more about there's other people are. that are doing this too right <laughs> and so um, I started taking classes and just kind of experimenting a little bit more with it and so once I moved back to Denver I definitely had a better grasp mm. of what I wanted to do mm -hmm. um, I also I think one of the biggest things um, is a friend of mine kept calling me a hypocrite because I was shooting boudoir without ever having done a boudoir session myself. Um, so he was like, you know, you can't, you can't sell this, this thing to women without knowing what it feels like to be on the other side of the camera. Oh, I see what you're saying. You, so as you had like, never experienced it. Right. And so oh. he was like, how can you sell like, oh, it's such like a confidence building okay. thing. It's an empowerment thing if you've never been huh. on that side. Um, and so I finally ended up letting him photograph me and that also helped that flipped it. And so if there's anyone out there who wants to like mm. go into boudoir, male or female, mm -hmm. allow someone else to photograph you because mm -hmm. then you feel exactly what your clients are feeling. And mm -hmm. let me tell you, like being in your underwear in front of even a friend <laughs> can be a really intimidating experience. I can't imagine it. It's, it's hard. Like even someone who's... <laughs> But I'm not a boudoir photographer either. There, there's that. I think like just knowing what your clients feel like. And yeah. so when I did move back to Denver, I did have the advantage of like, okay, now I've got a couple of years under yeah. my belt. I have a pretty strong portfolio. Like I, I've messed it up and I've done it right. Like I had a better grasp of it. Um, it was just a matter of like getting in front of the right clients mm -hmm. at that point. So what? So this is considering that now you've experienced you experienced it on both sides of the mm -hmm. camera, which I think is actually super important as a as a boudoir photographer yeah. that's what you're going to do i think it's i think all photographers should if you're photographing families or yep. you know corporate headshots or whatever have that experience yourself i think that makes yeah. a lot of sense if you're going to teach it absolutely do that like it's oh, that yeah. much more important too so i get where your friend was was coming from when he used the word hypocrite i i <laughs> bristled at that at first a little bit because it's like oh that's so harsh but i oh, understand yeah. the point and i think it's a good one I, what I always think about, so for me, boudoir is its own animal mm -hmm. in my in my mind. Definitely. For lots of different reasons, and there's some obvious reasons, but I, I'm not as concerned about 
diving into that as much as I, I do ask the people that I've talked to both on this and, and, and off of this privately, I'm always curious as to how somebody handles the issue of, well, first of all, do you even, do you even see a fine line between something that is empowering and, um, exploitive? Yes, absolutely. You do see that. There I mean, is. Some people don't think there is one, and then that's a whole other conversation. But if you see that there is one, or you believe that there is one, how do you approach that? So it's, I feel like it's a very individual thing, because some people, so I have clients who come in for a boudoir session, and it's more like 90s or 80s glamour, mm -hmm. you know, where like they're fully dressed, they're not comfortable being anything else. And then I have people who can come in and like, they want fine art nudes. Mm -hmm. So I have the whole spectrum. Um, a lot of it is being tasteful to that body type. So someone who is, let's say very lean and very flexible, there's going to be a lot more poses that you're going to get away with. They're still going to look like fine art and more tasteful for a lack of better word sure. versus, it being raunchy and starting to kind right. of really go on the offensive. And honestly, the way I feel like my clients and how my business is marketed is it is more, let's do really soft, feminine, cozy mm -hmm. versus super sexy, you know, really borderline playboy or, yeah. and sometimes I have had people who've come to me and it's the same thing with the kids, right? If they come to me, cause I send them a questionnaire of like what they're looking for send me images that you want right. to an idea. Right. Um, and if they're sending me stuff that I'm like, I don't feel comfortable. Like, mm -hmm. I don't feel like this represents what I believe mm -hmm. in boudoir. Mm -hmm. Um, I will refer them to someone else. You turn, you turn them down. Too. I will refer them to someone else because again, like my thing is, is if I'm not, I don't feel like it's something that I truly believe in. I can't produce a great product right and i've seen this like with my weddings i've gone back and looked like in the years where i was like nope marriage is marriage is crap like <laughs> love is yeah your, your anti-marriage phase right yeah. like seriously i yeah. went through it um <laughs> if you look at those images compared to like my older stuff yeah. or my newer stuff you can tell right. that like there's just no like there's a lack of just, authenticity in them yeah and i Isn't think that that's something? where the line is right. is if you truly believe in it and I pride myself in knowing that every woman, and you can visually see it, every woman who walks into the studio, regardless of like how confident they are walking in, they walk out with like an extra pep in their step. Mm. And when they come back in for their sales session, like I always ask them, how did you feel? Yeah. And knock on wood, like <laughs> I have yet to have someone be like, oh no, it was crap. Yeah. I've had in the last- <laughs> That was last, a nightmare. <laughs> right. right. I'm like, why are you even back? <laughs> why um, are you here? <laughs> in the last five years, I've had one client who wasn't happy with her images at the end. Mm -hmm. And she said, she was like, the experience was great. I loved it. I loved mm -hmm. you. Like the thing, I think we had a miscommunication of what she was truly looking for and what she had sent me. So she mm -hmm. had sent me super like, floral light bridal boudoir pictures but i think she was looking more for like bodyscapes a little mm. bit more edgy mm. um but she didn't communicate that and mm. so she ended up being unhappy where like i should have read that and figured it out asked maybe a few more questions um so i think it was like a miscommunication both sure. of our parts 
but in the last five years i've had one mm-hmm. and she still bought an album her husband loved it so and then she came back to try to buy the digitals as well so i, <laughs> I think we did okay um but i think that that's where like that line is is making sure that you're posing them correctly making sure you're understanding what they want and also having your own boundaries and not crossing mm-hmm. over to like I will do nude, but I will not do something where it's like full frontal. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know. Well, you have you're you're not going to compromise your principles. Right. You're gonna you have your boundaries and you stick to those. Right. What sort of like from a practical standpoint, you said that posing was something that you discovered sort of that you really needed to learn, right? Right. What sort of practical tips in that arena can you throw out to people? Um, so one of the things that I think is really important is asking your clients if they're a smiley person or if they're a serious person. And that mm. comes in really handy for your sales session plus the poses. So mm. I always tend to take a serious, like in each pose, I'll have them just be serious, mm-hmm. breathe out of their mouth to relax. So always tell your clients to breathe out of their mouth instead of open their mouth. Okay. Because if you tell them to open their mouth, they kind of like drop their jaw and they just <laughs> look surprised. Yeah. If you tell them to breathe out of their mouth, it's a relaxed, yeah. more of like just a relaxed look. Mm-hmm. And it's the slightest opening of the lips that's sexy versus of just being a surprised face or <laughs> kind of like right. an awkward. Right. Um, so I do a serious like lips together, breathing out of the mouth and then like a full smile or laughing. Now, if you have a client who's super serious, mm. they're going to hate all the laughing ones because mm. they're going to feel awkward. Yeah. And if you have someone who's a very smiley, mm-hmm. like laughy person and you laughy, that's not even a word, but <laughs> it is now. Um, and you're making them do all these like serious, right. quote unquote, sexy faces. Right. Right. Um, they're going to hate all of those because they're not, not going to look like right. themselves. So that's right. the biggest tip I can give is like ask them what they are. And once you get to talk to them, you'll notice too, like if they're laughing and smiling a lot, right. Right. get them to do that. Right. Um, one of the other things is looking down at the lips. So a lot of people will say look down, but people look halfway down. And you, so you see like the white of the eye still in the yeah. pictures and it's yeah. kind of creepy. Yeah. <laughs> so telling people to look at their lips. If you tell them to look at their lips, they always do the fully looking down where you're just seeing the lashes without any white, but they're not closed because there's a difference between your eyes being closed and looking down and the looking down is more relaxed. Interesting, that's a good one. um, View, looking at your butt, I say that one a lot. Look at your butt. Look at your butt and what it does, if you have a standing pose or even a laying one and you tell them to look at their butt, they look over their shoulders to their butt. They can't see their butt. Some people try to actually see their butt. (laughs) I tell them like, you're not gonna see your butt. But just look in that direction. And what it does is they're looking over their shoulders and they pop their butt back. Oh, they do that naturally. pop the it's a natural mm-hmm. thing that works and so you get that mm-hmm. really nice like small back mm-hmm. butt curve mm-hmm. by telling them to look down sure. at their butt that makes sense so those are my three those are, those are big head. ones what's f- i've never i've never heard any of those either really i've had a lot of these conversations i've heard like do a booty pop yeah right that's but one of the that's one of the things but like to do it the way that you do it it makes it more natural and that's right. so sometimes i will have clients who come in that you know i'll do my standard i call them like my money shots like mm-hmm. i'll do the standard poses but i always try to do something different with each client because mm-hmm. i would hate for them to like go to their friend who referred them and then they're looking at their albums and it's like identical yeah the same you know, like they have oh, the same exact that's thing. what page four looks like on mine too right exactly <laughs> so like i try to keep it a little bit more custom um and so i'll ask them to do movements 
I'll always like I'll have them you know move their hair I'll have them run their hand down their body or if they're sitting like move their arm back um, a lot of times like if I'm using the couch in the studio I'll say okay well like just go plop down like you would if you're watching TV mm-hmm. and so they'll sit and I'll start adjusting I usually start with their feet and go up to their head um, so that you know pointing your toes and like relaxing your hands mm-hmm. a lot of times people can't relax their hands so telling them to do something with their hands so whether it's you know, grab onto your strap or like put your hand, you know, in your um, waistline or, you know, play with your socks, whatever it is, um, having them do something with their hands. I like that one, yeah. It's, it makes a world of difference. Also because natural, the, 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 it comes across as yep. natural too. And while they're moving around, if I see something, I'll tell them the freeze. Mm-hmm. So sometimes if I'm just like having a really hard time trying to get them to get comfortable or to look comfortable, because a lot of these poses aren't comfortable. Mm-hmm. And most people can like relax into them and make it look like it's comfortable, but some people just don't. And so just getting them into an outfit they like and into like their comfort zone. And sometimes it is like, hey, just sit on the couch and we're going to chat here. And so my sessions can sometimes take three hours to try to get them to a point where they're comfortable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I always start out with the their least favorite outfit first because they're usually going to hate those pictures. Because they're stiff. Right? You get them done. You get those out of the way earlier, yep. and then they're getting comfortable during the process. Yep. So their most favorite outfit or whatever is like this is this was the one thing I came in here for. We do that as the last one because at that point they're comfortable yeah. enough. They've yeah. seen a couple of the back of the camera images where they're like, okay, like. And I could see someone doing working. that the opposite, right? Like thinking, oh, let's start with the best and mm-hmm. then go from there. But really, that yeah. makes sense that if you flip that. Because typically my clients, they'll buy maybe one or two of that first outfit. Mm-hmm. And then after that, and like the further you get into it, the more images they're Because they're it's the outfit as well as how they were feeling yep. at, by that time in the process. We sell emotions. Yeah. Like we're not, we're not selling sexy poses. We're mm-hmm. not selling technically perfect images. Right. We're selling emotions. Yeah. Like no one's spending, you know, two grand on boudoir photos because they're super sharp images. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, right. you know, we aim for them to be right. in focus and sharp, but like right. they're buying it because the way it made them feel. They have feelings associated with those. Yep. Yeah. They're paying for the emotions. Yeah, and, and and again, that's the case in a lot of, you know, in photography, portraiture across the board, I think, and and with weddings too. But for some reason, I do feel like the the boudoir the boudoir piece is a different it's its own very distinct thing. Yeah, it is. For these reasons. And it can, it makes me a little frustrated when I see a lot of new photographers jumping into it without knowing any of that. And Mm. I mean, I kind of did it too. Mm -hmm. Um, But taking the classes really helped because the psychology behind it. And that's Mm. where like my psychology degree, I was like, Mm -hmm. hey, look, I'm using it. Well, I wanted to Um, ask you about that a little bit. How does that, how does it help you? It helps a lot. Like I taught the class I taught at WPPI last year was like the psychology of boudoir Mm -hmm. because you can do a lot of damage too. Like Mm. these sessions are incredibly like empowering and I kind of hate that word because it's so overused. It is. But they're, they're so good for like building confidence. I have a lot of like new moms come to me and if you've ever had a baby, I mean, I think even as a dad, you can see that. You can mm. see the shift in the mindset. And I mm. never understood that until I had a baby. Mm-hmm. But it takes 18 months for a woman's hormones to stabilize and go back to normal after giving birth. Mm. And so in a year and a half, 
these women struggle a lot. They can bounce back to whatever they look like pre-pregnancy and they still don't feel like themselves. Mm. And so coming in for a boudoir session changes that because personally, I believe that like after a baby, you're never the same. You're mm. not going to go back to being the same person mentally, emotionally that you were Absolutely. prior to having this tiny human that depends on you for everything. Right. <laughs> everything. Right. <laughs> right. Literally. Yeah. Um, and so being able to show women that like, hey, you're still beautiful. You're still you. You're still this person who's an individual. That's what boudoir does for mm -hmm. a lot of people. But if you go to the wrong photographer and all they're thinking is GQ Playboy, yeah, you're not going to see that. And they're going to, I've had people who've contacted me for boudoir photos saying, hey, I had a really terrible experience the last time I tried yeah. to do this. Yeah. Like I just felt like a piece of meat type of thing. And yeah. That should never be the case. Right. And I think that's why boudoir is so different from all other kinds of photography because you're playing with someone's psyche. Well, it's that much more powerful, right? Mm -hmm. And so because of that, that, that power has the ability to do something very positive, but then also... The opposite. The opposite of that, right? Yep. Right, which makes it that much more important. I'm, I'm asking as I'm saying this. I'm trying to tell you what I think. I'm right. No, say, I agree with you. That it, that it makes that much more important to um, know what you're doing. Right. Right. And to be able to know, depending on the person's personality mm -hmm. and body type, mm -hmm. which images to show them and which images not to Very show them. Very good point. So, <laughs> so culling becomes that much more important too, because yep. it's not just about what's in focus or out of focus. It's not just about um, you, you know, the lighting, it's, it's about the, the very specific details of that very specific subject. Exactly. And so like one of the things that I ask on my questionnaire is like, what are your favorite body parts? Or mm -hmm. like, what are your favorite features? Mm -hmm. And so I have people who are like, oh, my eyes are my favorite. Right. And so I'll do a lot of focus on their eyes. Sure. Or someone will say, oh, my butt's my favorite. Right. And so I'll show more of their butt. And right. I try to, posing can make or break someone. You can be a hundred pounds, dripping wet, six foot, skin and bones, and mm. you can still make someone look fat. Right. You can still make yeah. them have rolls because yeah. naturally when we sit down, mm -hmm. our skin folds. Yeah. So even if you have not an ounce of fat on you, yeah. you're still gonna have rolls. So right. making sure that you're aware of how you're posing someone. Someone who's a size 16 can look just as beautiful and just as sexy mm -hmm. as someone who's a size zero. Absolutely. As long as they're posed correctly. Right. And in between, like I'll have shots where I'm like, oh man, I would like, I would never show that to this person yeah. because they, they don't need to see their skin folded that right. way. So the, the discretion becomes that much more important in the culling process. Yep. Tell me a little bit about now um, social media. So I am super old school. Okay. <laughs> I, I like my marketing to be word of mouth mm -hmm. pretty much. The only social media, like I have an Instagram, I have a Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a Facebook group for boudoir and mm -hmm. that's probably where the most activity happens and it's still pretty minimal. 90% of my clients do not allow me to show any of their images. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause it's, and I totally get it. Like sure. it's I won't, and they'll say, oh, well like, you know, if it's like a back shot and like you can't see my face or whatever, mm -hmm. I still won't use that. Mm -hmm. If they're not comfortable, because mm -hmm. if they have a tattoo or like a birthmark or yeah. something that could identify Something them, that identifies them, right. And then that picture, you know, so right. I just don't show them. Um, so I'm super, 
super laid back on social media. Um, I have brand ambassadors though mm-hmm. for Boudoir who are in charge of that. So like once a quarter we do shoots for them. They get several images and then they're they're supposed to be sending it out, you know, on their stories, putting it on their grids, right. putting it on Facebook. But I look at that as more of the word of mouth mm. marketing. Um, I think with Facebook, like I've seen a lot of boudoir groups and stuff be taken down because, you know, oh, it's a woman in lingerie or, right. oh, God, how you're showing legs and a butt. Right. Um, and so I don't I don't rely on that very much. Like sure. I think there is room for it. And I think there's maybe an approach of looking at it from like the women's empowerment side right. and creating a social media account that's more that versus just the photos. But right now I don't do a ton. Right. Like I just kind of let it, I'll post some here and there. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of let the word of mouth. Well, that's always the best, it. isn't it? It, it has been 12 right. years. And right. like, that's where the clients who stick with me, the clients who pay me mm. enough to, you know, afford my bills. And I like expensive stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I live in Denver, which is obnoxious. Um, that's where my clients came from. Like yeah. I've, I have yet to book a client off of like Facebook ads mm. or Instagram or anything like that that has come in and spent thousands of dollars with me. Cause it's word of mouth. Yeah. That's what Cause works. it's, I mean, think of it this way. It's the experience, right? Like I'm selling an experience. Right? I'm selling emotions. Big time. And so seeing these beautiful pictures that look like models all over social media, women are looking at that and going, well, I'll never look like that. Mm-hmm. But if their girlfriend's like, oh, like I went in, and they did my hair and makeup mm-hmm. and she walked me through everything. Mm-hmm. She posed everything. They are way more likely to book me. Right. Because now they know the process. Well, they know the person. And they know the person. They know each other. Like yep. besties know stuff about trust. each other that other people don't know. Yep. And you, they know what they look and like they can without look clothes. at that image and they can be like, right, that's what I mean. Like they can look at me and, and, they, and maybe even... Maybe they know each other well enough and they're comfortable enough to say it out loud. But right. they're certainly thinking it in their mind sometimes. Wow, that's you? That's beautiful. Right. And then they think to themselves, I want that. Yep. And they know, and they also know the experience that their friend yep. had and how it lights up their face. And yeah. they want that too. And that's, I think, that is the biggest thing with mm. boudoir. It's like wedding, when I book weddings, sure, they just look at my images and they're like, okay, mm. we like that you shoot in the mountains, right. great, we want you. <laughs> like they don't, you know, they don't even right. care. because it's, 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 it's definitely very, different. very different versus right. these aren't snapshots. I can't, I can't just take them on my phone right. and be like, okay, go. Of course. Um, so yeah, just having that word of mouth, having the emotional experience. And so yeah, if you can, I mean, I need a social media expert. Sure. <laughs> if someone can come to me sure. and show me, tell me how to, do that portion of it, I think there is definitely value to it. Yeah. Um, but again, you have to be that much more discreet. You yep. have to have those those processes in place. You don't want to be posting things that they don't want you to post. Right. I mean, there's all kinds of other things that come into the equation that are that much more important. Right. And the thing too is the images that get posted, and I see this a lot. I have a lot of boudoir photographers who are really good friends the images posted are typically women who just look phenomenal. They look yeah. like models because those women are confident enough to right. allow those images sure. to go out into the world. Yeah. Um, 
And so I think it can deter people from coming to you. Yeah. If, if that's it's, all if it's you're too posting. much of that. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and that's why I think having the private groups, which I think are going to go away in like a year or two from Facebook, but having a private group where people can write down testimonials yeah. and things like that really helps. Yeah. Um, Especially for this. Yeah. So even doing like video testimonials, that's what I should do on Instagram. Yeah, you could do that. Is have people do testimonials. Right. They don't have to show any of their photos. Yeah, like right afterwards they mm -hmm. can talk about the that's experience. That's a good idea. Hey, there well, you we go. We just <laughs> came up with a great idea. Take that away. Where where can people go to find your work and your um, information? Anywhere on Facebook pretty much. So mm -hmm. just Zara Ashby on Facebook. Um, Intimatesbyzara.com is going to be my boudoir mm -hmm. website. ZaraAshby.com is just my regular and then I have Zara Ashby Business, which is all the coaching, branding, mm -hmm. all that stuff is there. So, And then Instagram, I think it's just Zara. If you put Zara Ashby in or Zara. You'll come up. Yeah. There's, no, there's not a <laughs> there, lot of use. There aren't too many Zaras. I mean, no. the store is there. So well, there is the that. Store. Right. There's right. the store. Right. <laughs> that's right. not me. Thank you so much for doing this. Of course. Thank and you. And taking Thanks the time. I appreciate it. I appreciate it.